If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey listeners, this is Brittany here with a little disclaimer before our episode starts. Um, Sometimes we're going to talk about really fun, easy breezy things. Sometimes we're going to talk about not fun but necessary things. And sometimes we're going to talk about really, really tough things. And this is one of those episodes. We just want to remind everybody that here at MTA, we are here to love and support each other in every way. And we love and support our guest that we had on today, and we hope you will too. No one will ever know what they will or won't do in in a particular situation, especially in these kinds of situations that Emily has gone through. So unless you're actually faced with those choices yourself, we hope that you can suppress your judgment and just listen to her story. Hey guys, welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, so sit tight and we will be right back. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, you guys. So today we have brought a lovely, lovely woman from our community on as a guest to talk about a subject within our community that um, I believe can feel a little bit taboo. I, I believe that there is a large portion of our community that um, knows about children and and adults that are a little bit more profound in their needs um, but we don't really we don't really know the ins and outs of what that is like and and what the parents to these kiddos have to walk through so without further ado Emily hi <laughs> Emily uh, Zavala there you go girl. <laughs> I said I wouldn't. I said I wouldn't uh, introduce her like that. But you know what? I don't want to mess her name up. And and I just remember. <laughs> just lean into it, Tosh. Zavala. 
Z- oh, Zavala. 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 There we go. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Emily, for coming on the show. Um, thank you for sharing your story with us and um, just for being who you are, the be- being the amazing human and mother that you are. Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm very excited about sharing Justin's story, but my story as well. Um, yes. And hoping that I can reach out to other families who are going through this process, might go have to make some of these decisions, or um, are undecisive of what's the right, what's the right thing for their family. Yeah, absolutely. So, just so everybody knows, it is Tosh. I am hosting, and we have our guest Emily, of course, and then we have the lovely Brittany. It's just a small, small little group of us today, um, but we we are deciding to do that with our guests. But also, um, we wanted to have Brittany in this one because Brittany too understands um, this journey and and is is you know walking that and 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 having to make decisions. So, um, Emily, why don't you go ahead and? Tell us a little bit about you and Justin. Okay. Um, So I have a beautiful 13-year-old boy. Um, He is a very charismatic, um, he's the bravest, bravest person that I know. Um, And he has been my legit purpose in life. Um, He gave me my purpose. well, I'm going to just introduce a little bit of Justin um, when he was younger and how our diagnosis came. So Justin got diagnosed at the age of two. Um, I saw some of his red flags <laughs> way earlier. Um, Justin was very fortunate to have to get a diagnosis at the age of two, and then we started therapies right away. We went from starting with the basics of speech and occupational And then we entered the school system. And, you know, that's when I noticed that Justin needed a lot more support than other students in the classroom. So Justin immediately had a one-to-one in the classroom, a one-to-one on the bus. Um, Justin has had ABA, floor time, you name it, we've done it. We've done swimming therapy. We've done it all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Justin, he, he flourished in some areas. Um, but then again, like I explained before, Justin um, has met some challenges along the way. Um, now, currently, he does not live with me. Um, he lives in a crisis home. And a crisis home is also looked as a group home where um Children live there because they're unable to be safe with themselves or safe with their families or safe in the community. And um, this was one of the most hardest choices that I had to make in order to provide Justin the quality care that he needed and the supports that he needed in place. So, um, Emily, just a little bit more of uh, Justin's 
diagnoses, you know, obviously he is um, diagnosed autistic. And then um, does he have, you know, is he ADHD? Um, is he speaking or non-speaking? So Justin, um, he's nonverbal. He does not okay. speak. Okay. Um, he has struggled a little bit more than I've seen with communication. He has just gotten kind of the hang of pecs. Um, and he had, it took us a while to get, um, him approved for an AAC device. Um, so that was one of the biggest challenges that we faced when he was younger. Um, he has his diagnosis of autism and along the way, as he's grown, other diagnoses have been sort of assessed, but not exactly given to him due to the fact that he cannot answer yes and no questions. Um, so we, yes, um, he does take medication and the reasons he takes these medications are to help with his aggression and anxiety. So I would say Justin has autism. He has anxiety. That boy is hyper. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He also has in the past, um, they've given him a diagnosis of intermittent explosive disorder. Um, that was a mouthful and get, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Okay, so I didn't either. So intermittent explosive disorder is basically when somebody just blows up and there is no real cause to what's going on and there's not really a treatment for it. So I believe it's a it's kind of a diagnosis that's given um, to somebody who's just explosive. Um, I never got I never understood it and I was never okay with that diagnosis. Um, uh, His current psychiatrist took that off the paper. Um, But during our journey, um, trying to get him into the crisis home and everything, um, these were diagnoses from many different psychiatrists um, that we saw along the way. Mm -hmm. So so never any like maybe consistency in the beginning with the people that, you know, first did his diagnosis and, and, no. um, but okay. Like in, oh, but then from there, just, just seeing random psychiatrist and specialist and. Okay. Yes. We've yeah. seen a lot. Um, Do, currently the medications that they are, um, aiming with Justin is for like bipolar disorder. So more of a mood stabilizer. Okay. Okay. And do they think that um, the explosive, um, do they think that that was maybe possibly due to him being non-speaking and not able to communicate with you and it being a frustration or like, do they, do they think that that came along with like hormones um, as he was, you know, changing, getting into that more where the hormones are starting to really dump, you know? Well, I feel like everybody had a different explanation for that diagnosis. Um, and I felt that I wasn't accepting to it mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of hard to get a diagnosis like that. And when you ask what's the treatment and there isn't a treatment, mm-hmm. so to me, that's a little bogus. Um, yes. I want something where I can work towards that. Um, that diagnosis is also um, not my fave because it kind of subjects that child into a category that therapies and ABA wouldn't really help him because he's a liability. So that was another challenge that we had to face once that diagnosis was put on paper. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and really quickly, you, what area are you guys in, Emily? We are in Los Angeles. So I live in Hollywood. Justin lives in Burbank. Okay. Okay. Yes. So just so everybody's clear, if anybody out there knows the laws and rules and the all the things, inabilities and such. Yeah. And <laughs> With it's California. So yes. It depends on where, not only what state, what country, what state you live in, but even your county or county. your city yeah. sometimes. It's yes. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that that's been a little bit of a struggle is, is just in that, Emily, is the consistency of, um, you know, him getting able to get therapies and get help and, um, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, especially after hospitalization, yeah, it was harder than ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, so take, so take us down like that road a little bit, you know, um, obviously you said Justin got diagnosed at a, at a, at a young age where they, you know, where we always hear like, oh, the younger they are and, and, you know, you get them into, you know, blah, 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 these different therapies, then they're going to have a better fighting chance. Um, which, you know, makes probably the three of us giggle a little bit because (laughs) it's like, stop telling people that. (laughs) But, um, you know, that's what you did. You got him into the therapies, you got him into the school district and into, um, I'm sure it was a a program for kiddos with like a a um Brittany, what am I trying to say? A integrated program. There we go. Yeah. Uh yeah. with kiddos that had special needs and then also the typical peers. Um ha- having a one-on-one specialist. So where did things start to to change a little bit? Well, you know, Justin being my first and only son, it was hard to compare what how a typical, how Mm -hmm. raising a typical child was. So I think having Justin myself so young, I was 18 years old and Justin, you know, I was growing up with Justin and um, I had to now raise a child who needed so much help, um, had this diagnosis. And now I, I had to basically figure out what was best for him. So like you said, Tosh, I, you know, he went to early intervention. He did multiple programs. Um, Usually for early intervention, children go for about three hours, half day. I got him in a program where half day he would go to one school, the other half day he would go to another. I had to navigate with attorneys. I had to learn the lingo, the terminology, um, he got therapies. Um, we got bombarded, you know, sometimes um, when you have just so many people coming into your home, it be- can, can become very overwhelming mm-hmm. because these people come in they sign in, you know, they work with your child and you, and then they get to leave, but you don't. And um, that's when I started noticing some of my anxiety behind all of this, Um but don't get me wrong, I met amazing people, you know, that I still carry in my heart, even though we don't speak um, or I haven't seen them. They were people who really believed in us. And I think that's what helped me keep going as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it helped Justin to believe in himself a little more. So he went through all these therapies. He went through the school district um, and he was doing okay. And then the age of eight hit and it was just like night and day. He comes from school one day and usually my mom would be the one to um, 
pick them up from the school bus because I would get home 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And my mom gives me this phone call and she says, um, where are you at? And I said, oh, I'm coming home. And she says, oh, you need to get here right now. Like I've never seen Justin like this. He came out of the mm-hmm. bus crying. He's red like a lobster. Um, he looks like he's kind of overheating. He's upset and he's hitting himself and he's like doing mm-hmm. property destruction. And it was just like that. And, and, you know, sometimes when I try to explain to the specialists and to the therapist and to doctors and to everyone, I tell mm-hmm. them, you know, why my child fell asleep like this one night and then he woke up, left, and then came back. And I don't know what happened. A totally different person. Yeah. Exactly. A total yeah. 180 with yeah. Justin at that point. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So then, and eight years I, old. So he's in. He's in. I'm assuming like second grade at this point. He second, he third, was in third grade. Third he grade. Was in okay. Third grade. Okay. And his teacher was consist a teacher that already had been his teacher for about two years. Okay. So it was somebody that already knew him. They mm-hmm. knew his routine. He had the same aides in the classroom. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. had the same one to one. He had the same bus aide from for many years. So. So that what consistency was, was like, yeah, like it, there was, it, it was almost like a perfect situation, right? You couldn't ask for anything better than that, having such exactly. consistency over those years. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that was the most consistency we had in general. Yeah. Um, just the fact that he was going to the same school, same program, this and that, everything was just, you know, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I get home and Justin is just flushed red. Um, I had him in the shower and then he started being physically aggressive towards me and physically aggressive towards himself. Um, my mom is older and I wanted to make sure she was safe. So I just tell her like, don't even get in. And I experienced things with Justin that I had never experienced before. He was biting me, pulling my hair. Um, he was smacking me. He was hitting his head on the floor. And that's when it was like a red flag for me. I go, oh my God, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I had to do the thing that I think is the hardest thing for a parent is to call 911 on your child. Um, I was like, please do not send the police, but please send an ambulance because I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we end up, the actually the cops did come, the firefighters came and the ambulance, and they were able to kind of calm him down a little. They took us on a little ride over to the ho- to the nearest hospital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when our new life came. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just chaotic from there on. You know, we went to an emergency room. They gave us Benadryl. They said, give him some Benadryl and he should be able to calm down. Um, Justin was already on medications. Um, and that's one thing I forgot to add in. Justin had been on medication since the age of four. Um, yeah. Like, like anxiety Uh, medications. Well, we started off with, um, more with ADHD because he had such a hard time focusing. Focusing. Mm -hmm. He didn't Mm -hmm. do well with that medication. And then it Mm -hmm. went straight to antipsychotics. So wow. went straight to like risperidone yeah. and all those other fun things out there. And um, that was a very hard thing to, to know, like my child is already on medications and now you're giving him Benadryl. What's next? Um, is it that whatever he's taking right now isn't helping him? 
Yeah. So it was, it was a whole well, And I couldn't imagine. I would have been like, my child's already on antipsychotics and you're, you're, I'm coming in here to the emergency room because he's, this is happening and you're just going to give him Benadryl? Like, <laughs> yeah. I could have done that at home. <laughs> like, no, we need to figure this out. <laughs> exactly. Oh so my gosh. Did you guys stay in yeah. the hospital that night? No. Okay. No, they um actually discharged us within five hours and we were back the next day. Um and so that's he when calmed down enough to go home. No. Ish. He didn't. No, they just <laughs> he calmed down enough for them. But yeah. I felt like that was one of the first times that I felt scared to go home with him. Mm-hmm. Because in my household it was only me, myself. Justin, my mom, and my younger brother, who was technically like a brother to Justin because they were just eight years apart. Yeah. Um, so it was very hard to know that I was coming into that reality and mm-hmm. knowing that I knew that we were going to come right back because I knew he wasn't okay. Yeah. I could see it in his face. Yeah. Um, like, and how am I supposed our- to sleep tonight? You exactly. Know. I was yeah. kind of fearful. Like I had this fear and then I was also very disappointed with myself. Like, how am I fearing my child? This is my child. Um, and from there on, our journey went, came, it started with um, hospitalization. So from there we went to, we went back within, I told you within a couple of hours, we stayed there for two weeks. They Straight. dumped them with the la. Yes. When we had to stay for two weeks straight, we had to be in an emergency room on a mat on the floor for two days in order to get a room. Wow. Oh, so in order for them to say like, okay, this is a, this is a psych issue where we need to get into a a psych, you know, pediatric, whatever. The thing is that the hospital that we were at, they didn't have a psychiatric ward for children. They didn't have um, a unit like that. So we were stuck in rooms and floors where like it had nothing to do with us. Um, Like we were in rehab floors. We were in um, where like the kids have the the G-tubes we were in in floors like that. We were in floors where we had where there was uh, cancer patients. We were dumped Just everywhere, any, anywhere they could move you around to. Exactly. Wow, wow. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So in in this, you know, now you've spent two weeks there. Um, I'm assuming you've seen multiple different specialists at this point. Um, are they? Are they giving you any kind of, this is what it's looking like. This is like maybe a, a diagnosis we're going to give him. I mean, how, how did that look? Well, <clears throat> during that admission, they basically were just trying new medications on him. Oh, just throwing and, noodles at the wall. And if he wouldn't intake them, then they would um, do it. Um, with the syringe, like they would inject him on his thigh. And so traumatic. It was very traumatic. Um, you know, I remember those days being very, very dark um, because it didn't seem, it seemed like the professionals who should have sort of an idea of an answer to all of this couldn't give me one. So then I started really focusing in is this a medical issue? 
So I'm like, let's check his teeth. Let's check, um, um, let's see a neurologist. Yeah. And um, just to add this in, we were in a hospital that's considered a teaching hospital. Therefore, every week you see a new doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. consistency was terrible because mm-hmm. everyone had a new idea. And then now my child starting to feel like an experiment mm-hmm. and a lost cause. Um, so during those two weeks, they tried different medication. They, they told they released us. And then we were back a week later because I had to call 911 again. Oh, and I said, gosh. this time we are not going to be going back and forth this time. We're going to stay long enough for them to really test him out. Like, let's let's see a neurologist. Let's see a, a dentist. Let's see, um, I don't know, let's see a psychiatrist there. Uh, you know, let's 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 get let's yeah. get a, a team going for him. And yeah. what ended up happening was that it was so hard for him to even see a neurologist. Um, one time I had a neurologist come in and they just looked at him and they said, he's fine. He walks straight. He doesn't seem uncoordinated. He's fine. I asked for MRIs, nothing. I asked oh, for CAT scan, nothing. And um, that's when I had to really do my research and figure out what I needed to do as a parent in order to help Justin in this new systematic hospital right. world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because at this point, it feels like you're just, you're literally just being passed around the system. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're Basically. just, we don't know what to do. So this person comes in. I don't know. He seems fine. On to the net, you know, like, oh, man. Oh, man. And and Emily, you are, um, I'm assuming at this point you're in your mid-20s. Yes, I was. So you're still a baby. You're still, <laughs> but not really because you've um, had to grow up real fast. Real fast, real um, fast, and 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 then that brings a whole nother, I think, um, you know, big point to your story is that, um, you know, you're living with your mom and your younger brother and and Justin, of of course, at, at this point, and your mom's still having to care for your younger brother, so she can't necessarily just be there for you. I'm assuming you know, day in and day out, you're, you're literally on your own. Exactly. You know, being a single parent in this situation was devastating. Um, I had to find comfort and love and peace from a lot of the people that actually worked at the hospitals, the ones that were in our rooms for 24 hours. Uh, sometimes I had, um, cause we had 24 hour security Mm-hmm. <laughs> right outside our room. And then they became like my best friends. Um, they really, truly cared for Justin like no other. Yeah. Um, the caretakers, care partners, mm-hmm. um, they became our our like solid rock um, to the point that when we had to get readmitted again, come back, and we had to end up leaving because Justin had to go to a crisis home, they were filled in tears and they still Mm. keep contact with me, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's when I realized that, you know, family, a village and everything, it's it's honestly created. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Created. And sometimes it's the people you least expect. Um, So yeah, you're right, Tosh. It it was a lonely time. My mom couldn't really do much for us because she still had to care for my brother. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and, and not that it wasn't by her choice, of course, no. she be, but you know, there's yes, other responsibilities and, that she and had. she couldn't. She yeah. couldn't do much. I wasn't going to yeah. let my mom spend overnight at a hospital knowing right. how Justin would just go up and down in his moods and be aggressive towards me or be aggressive towards her. I said, no, I cannot put her in that situation. Yeah. So, and then also she doesn't know how to navigate the system. Right. So right, it right. is overwhelming for her as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Can I, can I ask what, like at that point in time, what, what were some of those deeper feelings, thoughts, emotions that you were having? You know, um, this, I feel like this is, again, this is just such a, um, a story and a journey that most of us can't understand. And I'm not going to take away that all of our journeys, you know, with our children can be hard and it's, and it's different, right? We all have a different and and similar journey in some points, but um, you know, having having this point of of you being consistently now in a hospital with your with your child essentially raging with no doctors not having you know just kind of throwing their hands up in the air, not really knowing what to do. What what were your what what were you thinking? What was going on in your head? Um, um, to be honest, I fell into, I think, one of the biggest depressions that I had ever fallen into. Um, I lost physically, you could see it. I lost so much weight. I was about 124 pounds. Um, it didn't look right on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still had to work. So I, you know, I, at that point I was working with children with special needs for the school district. Oh. And, um, I've always been really good about, you know, leaving my outside problems out the door and, you know, cause you've got to be a hundred when you they come separate. in for them cause they yeah. need you. And I, when I would come into work, I, I just, I just wanted to cry, but I, but I didn't. And, and I just, I just, I guess I didn't grieve the way you, that I, you were that I it. think I needed I, mm-hmm. I got more like in a hyper mode where mm-hmm. I was just like, I got to figure out this and I'm making phone calls and I'm calling the regional center and I'm emailing and, and I'm, you know, talking to other people and um, learning how to speak to social workers and um, planning for the next meeting. Because when, you know, your child's hospitalized for that long, you have meetings almost every single day mm-hmm. um, because their goal is for you to go home. And when you... Yeah. When you realize that you can't because a situation is too hard, um, pleading and begging is hard. And I had to plead and beg. And I had to say things like, I fear for the safety of my child and myself. Mm-hmm. And I knew that those were the words that I needed to say in order to stay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I got to the point where I feel like the doctors or a psychiatrist or social workers thought they were something wrong with me. <laughs> um, like they you, started, you felt a level of like, the, are they questioning my- They questioned me. My, my, my mothering, my parenting, do I want to be a parent, you know? They did. They questioned a lot. They questioned um, if I had put Justin in any traumatic um, situation. So then my parenting was questioned. Um, they took a good scope 
of me and I said, well, you guys can do yeah. all the research you guys you need. I, I have nothing fine, to fine add. Fine-tooth comb out and, and pick away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, it got to a point that I don't know if you guys are aware, but in certain hospitals they have um, – people that come into the rooms when pe- when um, patients stay long and um, they play with the with the patients and they bring them toys and it's a, called a ch- child life. Mm-hmm. And usually it child life comes in when either a child is going to pass away or they have a really long stay and it's, they assigned one to me. <laughs> they assigned to you as a parent. To, to me as a parent. Yeah. Oh, wow. They did. And, um, to be honest with you, um, she became my savior. Yeah. Um, she was this amazing Christian woman mm. who helped me be the person, the strong person that I needed to be during these times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she did like a lot of different therapeutic things for me. Um, like, you know, like into the mirror and tell yourself five positive things. And you know what? Tosh and Britt, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. because all I could say is I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself so much because I'm putting my child through this. I hate myself because I can't fix it. Because as a parent, all you want to do is fix. You want to make sure your kid is safe. You want to make sure your kid is happy. And my son had not seen sunlight for five months. You know, we had been from one hospital to another just searching. We had been, you know, Justin at this point had been in a psych ward for four months, you know, um, in a psych ward, you go, you're only allowed to visit your child for two hours between six to 8 PM. But I, I always use my charm to, um, to try to like, you do have um, a lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> I try to use my charm to try to get, uh, Get a get you know try to get more you know for for Justin get more for us so instead of being there two hours they let me be there eight you know they let me stay after um I, you know and, and and these people that did did these little extra things for us mm-hmm. were the ones that helped me kept pushing through yeah. if it wasn't for them I don't know where I would be and in the midst of all of this. I met an amazing man. <laughs> God Which is was, God. God is good and works in just the craziest. <laughs> I said, "Why? Why would you want to be with me?" <laughs> oh, you know, and yeah. that also was my my saving grace for myself yeah. because if I'm not okay mentally and healthy, um, physically and emotionally, then what good am I to Justin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. So. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna hang on a second. Let me Yeah, breathe. <laughs> let me breathe and sniffle and um so take us, Emily, to the point where um where you where you came together as a team and and you know made the decision the best care for Justin, this the safest place for him is gonna be in a you know, in a group home for, for boys. Um, how I'll be honest. Look, I wasn't for it. Um, I still wanted them to check if there was something wrong medically. Mm-hmm. Um, I still wanted to, I wanted them to treat me as an equal partner. 
And I felt like they were making so many decisions that I wasn't an equal partner in any of the decisions. I was just told this is the only option. Um, so prior to them saying that Justin could go to a crisis home because that was never offered at first, mm-hmm. they were talking about sending Justin to Wichita, Kansas. And in Wichita, Kansas, there's a like an institution where it's a res- residential living. There, it's a school and children live there. And my child would have to be kilometers away from me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But don't worry, mom. We will, you know, pay Care your flight him. out there once a month or every two months. And, you know, Justin can return at the age of 22 and Ugh. everything will be solid after that. And I said, absolutely not. Yeah. And my child is not going to go half across. We live in America. This yeah. is not a third world country. Right. And you're going to tell me that there's no options. And if there's no options, then w- this is a systematic issue. Yes. So um, having to advocate for Justin to stay just in California was tough. Mm-hmm. So I did something that the hospitals and the regional center couldn't believe. I called while my son was hospitalized. I called child services on myself. I said, yeah, I call child services. And I said, I cannot care for my son. I cannot give him the proper care. He has been hospitalized now at this point. It was our third admission. Um, And he's been here for five months and he hasn't seen the day of light. Mm -hmm. And they're doing Um, nothing. And they're at this point, the hospital is saying they can't do nothing for them. So I need the state to take care of him. God, was I nervous. Child services was knocking at my door in my house in less than 24 hours. Wow. Then they came to look for me in the hospital. They came to interview me. Of course, you know, they're probably thinking there is something going on. And I said, I'm calling child services on myself, not because I'm a bad mom, but because I love my son enough to know that I might have to give him up in order to get the proper care. And that DCFS lady was in tears. And she said, no, you're not. Yeah, No, you're not. And I said, then you guys help me with the hospital situation. You guys help me with these doctors. I go because I am losing my mind. Oh, And um, they started calling the regional center. They started calling, DCFS called the regional center. They called, um, they started talking to hospital administration because you know, like I said, their goal is for you to go home. So every single day they're asking me, are you ready to go home? And that just feels so like there's no empathy behind all of this. So they stopped doing that after I called DCFS on myself. They realized, okay, this girl's probably a little cray cray. She's putting herself <laughs> in the line. Um, and the lady, you know, the DCFS lady had to come and she told me, you know, Emily, I cannot continue keeping the case open, but I know that you love him so much and you will be able to find him a place regardless whether um, whether he's here or he goes back home. And I said, ma'am, he cannot go back home. Mm-hmm. He cannot go back home because if he does something to me or mm-hmm. to my mother or to my brother or to himself, guess or to who's anybody. going to yeah. be in trouble? Yes. Me. That is then they're going to consider that medical neglect. Yeah. So then I had to learn that terminology. Um, so when I finally came to the conclusion where, you know, this this was going for the long haul, Justin is going to need a lot more support. Mm-hmm. 
I started Googling. Google became my best friend. And I started coming, <laughs> I started become like seeing all these stories about other families, families in New Jersey, families in New York, uh, everything on the east side, um, and how there were these homes for children. Mm. Um, and I said, man, maybe I'm going to have to move out there. Um, but then I start seeing more stories and more stories. And I'm just like, okay, there has to be something here. Mm-hmm. So I start asking the regional center. Y'all better tell me all the homes that are here. I need to see them because you're not just going to choose a home for my child and just dump them there. I want to see what's there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got to advocate. They were tired yes. of me already by this point. Um, so I, I ended up writing um, an email to um, the assistant director mm. who became an amazing advocate for us. Mm-hmm. Um, she let me go visit some of these homes. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of children home. There's more for like adults. Yeah. Or later. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Yeah. And I had an option of two homes. So no, actually they gave me an option of one. I went to go visit. Um, and I was like, well, I guess, you know, it's near my home. It's in Glendale. I said, let's just try this out. Right when I tell the hospital and we're ready to start like making the moves, um, the regional center calls me and tells me they gave the space to another child. Oh, jeez. And I was like, what do you beep mean? That's what ended up happening. I said, he Thanks for keeping it clean. Yeah. (laughs) So then um, I was just like, God, what's next? Like, what's going to happen? So I heard there was another home in Burbank, but that home was all the, it was full. There's three rooms. They're all filled. I think Jesus heard my prayers. I would go Mm -hmm. every single day um, to pray to the Virgin Mary Mm -hmm. at the hospital. Um, They have like, you know, they have their Their little little, like sanctuaries, their little um, Mm -hmm. chapels. And I would go pray and I would actually write what I wanted and I would stick it up to the wall and stick it up Mm -hmm. to the wall and stick it up to the wall. And that wall was filled with what I was asking for, right? The miracle. And then I get a phone call and they tell me, Hey, one of the boys is aging out. Um, Mm. He should be leaving in two weeks. Do you want that space? And I'm like, uh, yes. Why are you asking that question? (laughs) Um, So, so, um, I, but I said, of course, I need to go visit the home first. I visited the home. I, you know, I had to put my own personal opinions to the side mm-hmm. and s- just stick to the facts and actually talk to myself and tell myself, this doesn't have to be forever, but it is the present. Um, so I accepted it. You know, Justin got transported with an ambulance to the crisis home. And one of the rules is that when you um, send your children to one of these homes, you cannot see them for the first 30 days. And I said, oh, I don't know how I can do this. It was the worst 30 days of my life. Um, I think I looked okay on the outside, but in the inside, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was broken. I was. I felt like I was somebody who didn't have an arm, a leg. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah. like I felt like I didn't even have the words I said for the first time I feel like Justin. I don't even know how to explain how I feel. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want sometimes I just like I don't even want to be here. Like 
what, what is this? I, I think I was disgusted with myself. Um, how do I know my child is okay? Is he hungry? He's so specific with food. Like there was all these thoughts going in my head and they were just the countdown, you know, waiting for those 30 days. And, and, um, I won't lie. I mean, I kind of cheated a little bit. Um, I did go outside his school, um, and just watched as he went in. Cause he would go in late. Uh, I would and, totally do the same thing. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've done so many I don't crazy think things. any of us would do that. Yeah. You turn into a stalker. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I became a professional after that, actually. <laughs> um, so um, that was a very, very tough moment. After that, I, I thought to myself, it can't get any harder than that, right? Um, and it is. You know, these programs are are, are basically structured to, you know, help for with rehabilitation. Right. But it doesn't really happen that way. Um, you know, I feel like homes like this need a lot more supports. Um, that isn't need, happening. Yeah. That, yeah, that's not happening. And uh, not only that, I, I just feel like, why is this such a secret? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm really tired yeah. of that. Why are really we not talking of, about this? Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? Like, it's such a secret. Like, like you need to, like, go and harass the regional center and harass all these people in order to, like, find out that these homes exist. Even exist. Yes. Yeah. That's not right. No. So, so then, yeah. And then COVID happened, guys. This was all during COVID? No, this was or the, COVID. Or, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then COVID, COVID hit. COVID hit exactly a year after. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, so now nobody can go anywhere. You can't even go in. Everybody is like on complete lockdown. Sorry, you can't see your child. Yep. Sorry, you cannot see your child. Sorry, you can't even ha- you can't even see him in uh, like um, in the front porch. Sorry, um, he's doing okay. Sorry, sometimes the phone calls weren't picked, weren't, weren't being picked up, weren't being answered. Mm-hmm. Um, God, and then also to know that, you know, he's living in a place with a lot of people and then people are coming in and out and then mm-hmm. he can possibly have COVID. And if he has COVID, then I can't care for him. Yeah. It was a lot. But of course, you know, that was one of the one of the biggest challenges we faced, you know, and I um, I don't know how long was it purple tier? I think it was purple tier for about almost six to seven months. Cause I remember on mother's day, I still couldn't see Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds um, right. Mm-hmm. And the way I came up with the visit, I said, well, I won't go in and he won't come out, but what about if I stand by the window and see him? She, she just took her soccer <laughs> level to the next level. Once yeah. again, I would do the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. So of course, you do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of people, like a lot of like the, the owners and people running these facilities. They said absolutely not, and I said, "Well, where does it state in the paper from the county that I can be outside of the window?" Right. You exactly. know, these things were happening at nursing homes too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, "This is a facility. Like, let's we're gonna do this." I said, "At the end of the day, I'm the one outside in the heat." In the rain, in the cold. He's, yeah, protected. He's, he's protected. Yes. There's a window that's protecting him. We're good. Yeah. So they said yes. 
And I think they never thought Justin would actually sit by the window long enough. So I would bring him food. I would transfer it through the door and he would sit in his, um, he has like this like oval chair. He would sit in his oval chair and he would eat the pizza, wipe his fingers on his shirt. <laughs> and he was confused because he's like, why can't I be outside with my mom? Why can't she yeah. be here? And I saw that little by little, Justin was deteriorating. He um, was very, very skinny. Mm. Um, it's depressing. He can't go outside. He yeah. has to be inside. There's a lot of noise going on. He's not the only client there. Yes. Um, he can't see mom. And I said, man, my son is probably depressed. Mm-hmm. And as a yeah. mother, to realize these things and that you can't immediately fix it, mm-hmm. it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. But I had to develop a strong mindset that nothing is forever. Just like hospitalization, it wasn't forever. I right. Just the fact that I couldn't touch my son or hug him or give him a kiss, that wasn't going to be forever. Mm-hmm. We were going to stick it through. Mm-hmm. And we did. Mm-hmm. We did. We stuck it through. And then after pur- uh, Purple Tear went down, uh, the visits were only outside. Yeah. Right. So we had to be in the heat. The rain, the cold, it didn't matter. We were outside. <laughs> I literally, were, yeah. Yeah. I literally would be like, I'm just going to hitch a tent out here. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we're going to be. <laughs> then Zoom lessons had to come. I was, oh, yes. I had to yeah. work through Zoom. So I would bring my well, I would bring my my iPad. I would work from Zoom right there outside of his house and then have him do Zoom outside. Mm. How did I yeah. do that? I don't know. I was double dipping. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I did that. that. I don't yeah, know. It was crazy. I really don't know <laughs> at this point. But we made it work. Yeah. And that's like the foundation of love right there. That's it unconditional is. love. That is. When you just break all barriers to yeah. make sure that your loved ones are being taken care of correctly, um, learning to navigate systems like this. Yeah. And that it's perfectly unperfect. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, again, you know, there, there will be people listening that, um, that are listening right now that are, that get it. They've, they are either walking through it or they've walked through it, or they're maybe in the beginning stages of it. And, and, you know, and then for those of us who will never be able to comprehend it firsthand, you know, but, but just like anything in this community, it needs to be talked about. It needs, we need to be, we need to be educated around this. Um, we need to know that there are bigger things to fight for than just our own personal situation, that there are bills to be passed, that there are, um, you know, the, the fight to fight for these, these more profound kiddos that will become adults that will need places to be, you know, um, because not everybody can just, can just do it, you know, not, not, I mean, it's just not the way that it is, uh, for most people probably. So, um, man, Emily, I'm just so glad that you shared so openly, um, what, what would your advice be for for those out there who are wondering if this is going to have to be the case or who are feeling a, a level of, um, you know, I, I need to make this decision, um, but it's hard. I'm struggling. I feel like a bad parent. What, what, what do you, what could you say to them? 
Um, you know, I would say what I would say is exactly what another parent told me who had been in my situation. She said, it's okay and allow yourself to live. Mm-hmm. Forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Forgive yourself because once you do that, everything else would just align. The stars will align. Mm-hmm. And there, there is nothing wrong with asking for help, even if it's not the help that you want. Sometimes we need, our wants, we need to push them to the side. Mm-hmm. And we just have to do what's best for our child at that moment. Because these are our forever babies. Mm-hmm. Forever they will be with us. Yeah. And, you know, if you ever find, you know, you're going to find a lot of people along the way that are going to say, well, this is, this is just the way he's, he or she is going to be. You know, there's, there's nothing else. This is, this is it. Don't listen to that. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to that. No. Yeah. They're, they're not always going to be like that. They're not always going to be aggressive. They're not always going to have the same level of mentality. Mm-hmm. We all change. We all mm-hmm. have phases. And it's okay to cry. And it's okay to have all these feelings of regret, remorse, why. It's okay to question. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to think about the future. The present might look ugly, might like terrifying, might be scary. But if you educate yourself enough to know that there are things out there and that you don't always have to trust it, you don't always have to believe what the specialists say. If they tell you that this, that there's not this, there's not that, that I don't know, that, that this therapy might not work. You know, everybody has different experiences. Everyone has different experiences. Even when you put your child in a crisis home, you know, and you're, you're going to face a whole different set of challenges, but it doesn't mean that it's not the right thing for your child. And it's, it shouldn't be a taboo. It's okay. Talk about it. Reach out to people that have actually been through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that have helped me the most have been parents. Mm-hmm. I have met people along the way, and sometimes they're not even people that I know physically or I've seen. They're just people that um, I met somebody from the UK who has been going through a situation like that. Reach out and come out. Don't yeah. don't don't isolate yourself. I know it feels like an island, but it doesn't have to be. And if we start talking more about it, and if we if we start letting our voices be heard, the change will come. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly why we want your story out there. Yes. That's why we are all here talking and talking about different things every week and just trying to connect with these other families out there because mm-hmm. yeah, we can we can help each other. And mm-hmm. I I very much agree with your statement about I mean, there are specialists and there are doctors and there are professionals that have helped and they are wonderful people, just like you've you've mentioned several of them. But other parents really, really do help. Um, maybe, I don't know if it's a quantitative thing, like the most, but they, it's significant. It's significant. Yeah. And hearing their stories and being able to connect with other, other moms and dads out there really not, makes and, a difference. Yeah, not feeling alone in, yep. in, in that specific portion of your journey. Yeah. 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 And it feels I, like that sometimes, but yeah, it doesn't always have the, to feel that way. The biggest, the, the only thing that I see from you, Emily, um, 
in regards to Justin and this journey is, is love, you know, um, the, the fact that you have set everything aside, your own, you know, feelings or anger or sadness or whatever, and, and you've done what is best for Justin. And, and that ultimately is the best love that you can, you can give, you know? Um, so I hope you know what an incredible, incredible mother, incredible human, um, just, just a lovely, lovely person you are. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, any plans in the near future that, uh, that you have anything that you are excited to be doing with Justin? Are we going to go on Easter or, um, any kind of outings that you're going to go on anytime soon? Wow. Um, one of my biggest goals is to go back to the beach. Mm. We haven't been to the beach in like maybe a little bit over five years. Um, wow. And I know he loves it so much, but it's just a, it's a lot of pre-planning in order to get there. But we're yeah. going to do it this time. Um, that is my my near future goal. Um, yes. For Easter, well, you know. I'm probably going to get a little jumper for him and, you know, break some rules because, you know, you're not supposed to have those things over there. But that's it. You know, <laughs> bring, bring everybody I'm a, a bunch of candy. Breaker, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn how to work the system. That's Absolutely. just a, don't let it work you. Don't let it work you. You got to work the system. Don't oh, be intimidated right. oh by the terminologies. Yeah. It could be blowing up these big words. You just and you're your like, phone, look. Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. I got this. <laughs> Oh, Emily, you have been a pleasure to have on. And we are just, um, we're so thankful that you've shared your story. Um, and we hope that there will be people that reach out and 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 want to connect with you um, so that that you can, that you can help them. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that that's what God gives us. You know, he gives us our, our journey and our life situation so that we can help others um, through similar stuff. So, um, we like to end with peak of the week. Wow. That was good. <laughs> it wasn't, but you She's know, the, gr no, the no, girls no. just, the girls just let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> they just go with it. So, um, do you want to share? Do you want somebody to go first? Do you need to think about this? I actually got it. Yeah, I got I, more oh, than God, one peak girl. of the week. Man, you are my kind of person. Come on. <laughs> All right. Okay, ladies. <sighs> Let me tell you. I actually have I have so many peak of the weeks this week, but I'm only going to do two major ones, and I'm going to do two educational ones, okay? Okay. okay. Love it. So my first one is I went to Justin's open house on last Thursday, and I was a little bit skeptical. I'm like, oh, man, I wonder what they're going to say, how he's doing. I got yeah. bombarded with love. Yes. People from different classrooms started coming, just telling me how amazing my child was, how he's made a total 180, how he's a little bit more focused, how he's like a sunshine of rave to yeah. everyone, um, how he's hanging out. So his school, so he goes to a non-public school and in his school, there's like diploma based children and then, um, 
you know, our more profound, severe kids. So Justin's been trying to hang out with the high schoolers that are diploma bound <laughs> and he's just chilling with them. So he carries his little squish model Pikachu and a blanket and he goes and he hangs out with the big boys. So nice. that is a dream for my kid to even want to be around others. Cause he loves, he loves adults. Oh gosh, yes. he would love both of you guys. Yeah. He loves adults. He's just a he has such a charm to him. <laughs> but I was just happy to know that he's around uh, his peers, engaging peers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, heck yeah, Justin. Oh my oh. gosh, I'm so proud of him. And just it. to hear how much love they all have for him. It, it gave me a sense of comfort. And I said, damn, Em, all this was worth it, right? Yes. Like, it's yeah. worth it. All yeah. the struggles, all these um, obstacles, mm-hmm. it just, it all, it's all worth it when you hear things like that. And yeah. I said, Amen. Oh. So that was one of them. And then the second one is <laughs> all right, ladies. <clears throat> I have been in community college for. 13 years, I've had to leave, come back, fail, withdraw, all this stuff. And guess what, ladies? I'm going to be graduating with my AA degree on June oh, 8th. Oh, my gosh. Yay. Yes. Yes. Amazing. We need to have a little um, Zoom party for you. We are going to have is, a Zoom party, ladies. You you can bring your wine and I'll bring my casadores and Brittany Now I'm going bring, bring the vodka. I'll bring the oh, vodka. <laughs> oh, because it's a party party. It's a party. <laughs> That is wonderful. That's we a huge are accomplishment. So, that is huge. I mean, w- just with everything that you've talked about in your story and and um, since you've had Justin, uh, that that is a huge accomplishment. And we are elated for you and just proud of you, girl. Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Okay, Brittany Britt, what do you got for us, sister? Mine just happened this morning. Um <laughs> PTL. <laughs> these these girls, these girls got uh, a, a firsthand look at my village and my my people helping me. So literally thirty, I'm like logging into this call so we could start this pr- recording. And this Austin school called. They had a pipe burst, I think, in the bathroom, and there were exploding toilets of some, you know, sh- shooting water of some kind. All over, and Hopefully they had they're all to, flushed. I I don't even want to know, honestly. And like fun. <laughs> um, they ended up having to send all the kids home uh, because of a major major plumbing issue, right? And it's a small school. We go to a, a non public as well. So um, I was scra- I had no one else to watch Austin, so we could record this, and so I was able to make a few calls. These girls were patient and. I, uh, my friend is driving Austin around right now because Austin loves car rides and she dropped everything. She left work is delaying work and, and came to help me. So Natalie is my, my angel today. Yes, Natalie. Thanks, Natalie. You are the woman, woman of the hour. Um, it's not just so great. This is, this is what we talk about when we talk about community and, and, um, and our tribe and our people and, and just people that get it right. Um, so good. It's so good. Um, peak of the week. She's like, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened uh, yesterday. No. Um, okay. <laughs> let's see here. We are almost on spring break. And so that should be fun and interesting. I'm actually excited for it. It'll be fine. Are uh, you? Yeah, I am. Good I am. 
I'm not going to allow Tyler to work any overtime hires. So he he does not know that, but that is what's happening. Um, And it's almost right before Easter. And y'all, you know how I love me some Jesus. I love me some Jesus. (laughs) And it is, you know, we are almost, I mean, you know, Palm Sunday and then Resurrection Sunday. Come on. He is risen. You know what I'm saying? So super excited for that. Um, And then just this, this is this, this recording and you, Emily, and being with Brittany and, and just seeing the two of you um, who are exceptional mothers, exceptional mothers, um, caregivers, and just awesome, awesome women. So that's it. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, everybody, uh, we will um, come to a close, but we will definitely, in the show notes, we will um, share Emily's uh, Instagram handle and um, email if she will allow us so that if you are somebody out there who, um, you know, who could use some support and and, uh, sweet, sweet Emily can help you through, um, we will have that for you. do not forget to follow us or subscribe or whatever on any of the podcast players that you listen whatever. on. Whatever. Just do whatever. They just click just a button, do something. Click a button somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you can follow us over at um, on Instagram at Moms Talk Autism. And then, you know, leave us a review because that is how we reach the mass and how we can help other parents um, and and everybody, how we can share these incredible stories. So um, we love y'all and we will catch you on the flip side. (laughs) Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.